Welcome into the Balanced Working Moms podcast. This is Rena Misha, and I'm so glad you're here. If you're a busy mom like me who's juggling all the things, you're absolutely in the right place. In this podcast, you're going to learn secrets on how to live your life so you feel so much more balanced. It's so great to be talking to you today. And I am so glad you tuned in because it's going to be a really helpful episode for so many of you listening today. Such a helpful episode. And I'm going to be really vulnerable with you. I'm going to share things I've never shared before. And it's actually very, very hard for me to share with you what I'm going to be sharing today, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to be brave. I'm going to do it so I can help you so I can help you. You're going to hear my story, and I really hope it's going to help you because there are so many moms who unfortunately suffer from so much terrible, debilitating anxiety. And I have been there. I have been there, and I have come out on the other end. So today, I want to share my story and also just share with you what I do what I do. So if you're going through this, maybe you know you're not alone and you just see how I think about anxiety. But before I dive in, I want to tell you about something really interesting that I did this week. I took my mom and dad on a short vacation. And before I had kids, I would occasionally go away with my mother, just the two of us, But since having kids, of course, it's really hard to go away. And it still is. It still is. It always is, right? And you know, it was funny because I was almost crying when I left the house. I'm going to miss them so much. My kids are having their first run meet ever, and I'm going to miss it. But my parents are getting older, and I think this is really, really important. So I took the time off just a few days, just three days. And I drove them to Western Maryland. And I'm feeling so great about making the time to do this. Because I have to tell you, it's never the quote, right time. But just getting in the car and doing it is so incredibly important. So I just wanted to share that. And you know, speaking of things that are important, Being a calm mom is at about the top of the list. If I'm a calm mom, that is incredible, right? That is incredible. And early on as a mom, I remember my baby, she was an infant, maybe a few months old, and she was screaming, screaming her little lungs out in the back seat of my car. And I remember I'm trying to take her somewhere and I'm trying to stay calm And I remember that's when I realized it. That's when I realized it, that staying calm is really what being a mom is all about. So I had to stay calm so I could get her safely wherever we were going. And I was worried about her, you know, as a new mom, I was terrified. It's funny now looking at it, but I was wondering, why is she crying? Is everything okay? It was so hysterical. And I remember thinking, this is my challenge. This is my challenge to stay calm, stay calm. So she would calm down and we would be safe. So important. 
But how do you stay calm when you have anxiety? It seems like a challenge, right? It's opposite ends of the spectrum. How can you stay calm and do your function as a mom when you're anxious? It's so hard. It can be really, really hard. So let me tell you my story. Let me tell you my story. Because my story with anxiety began when I first went back to work as a new mom. I went back at six months, which is a really good amount of time, especially in the United States. It's almost unheard of, but I went back at six months and I missed her so much. I missed her so much more than words can say. I can't even express to you how much I missed her. And this is kind of ironic because her daycare was actually in the building complex where I worked. Not in the exact building, but in the complex. So at lunchtime, I would walk over to her building and I would play with her. I would talk to the people who were taking care of her. It was so fun. It was so fun. We were like a family. And then she was really young. So I would nurse her and they had these adorable cribs. They had a crib for each child and I would nurse her until she fell asleep and I would put her down for her nap. And I did this every day. And this was the ideal setup. You know, how many moms wish they could do this? I was so lucky, but I didn't feel lucky. I didn't feel lucky. I felt a tremendous loss. I wanted to be with her so much more than that lunch period. I wanted to be with her all day, every day. And, you know, throughout my life, I've had periods of depression. I don't know anybody who hasn't. You know, even if it's for a few hours or a few days or whatever it is, most people are familiar with depression. I know what depression looks like, at least for me. I know what it is. But anxiety is different. It feels different in your body. Your thoughts are different. And for me, at least, I don't know about other people, but for me, it didn't look like depression at all. Didn't look like it, nothing, (laughs) nothing. It was not depression. And during those few months, When I went back to work at six months, starting then, I started falling apart. I started falling apart. I knew I was going to get emotional. It was so hard for me. And I didn't realize what was going on because like I told you, I didn't know what anxiety was. I had never seen it in myself. And it actually took somebody else to show me what was going on. Because I remember the day so clearly, I'm picturing it now, when Harriet came to visit. Now, who is Harriet? So Harriet was like a second mother to me. Because in high school, I went to a high school that was far away from home. It was about an hour. So it was very hard as a child, not child, but as a high schooler, to travel an hour to school every day. So for two years, I lived with Harriet and her family. And it just made life so awesome. So awesome. I would live there during the week. And then on weekends, I would go back to my own family. So needless to say, Harriet knew me very well. Like I said, like a second mother. And it was so interesting because now I live very close to her. I live only a few houses away from her. 
So she came in and it was just for a few minutes, just for a few minutes. And I remember exactly what she said, because let me tell you, Harriet is not one to mince words, okay? Whatever she thinks, she tells you. So we talked for a few minutes and she said to me, she said, Rena, I'm just telling you right now, something is not right with you. Something is not right. You need to get help right away, right away. And I just started crying. I just started crying because until that point, until Harriet made it so clear, I had no idea. I had no idea that there was something even off. I mean, I knew I was sad, but I didn't realize how severe it was. I wasn't myself. I wasn't myself. And she knew I was off because she knew me so well that seeing the difference between, you know, the before and the after was so huge. And to this day, I have no idea what it was that she saw, but she was right. And I'm just so thankful that she noticed, and I'm sending that blessing to you. I hope if God forbid you're ever going through something difficult, that somebody close to you notices and makes you aware. And then I also hope that if it's somebody saying it from a loving place who really knows you, that you listen and you get the help. I'm sending that wish, that blessing to you because it was a real blessing. I'm so thankful she told me. So as I mentioned, I got help and I got help in two ways. First, I went to a counselor and I love her. I love her. Her name is Fran and she was such a great fit for me. She's also, she's Jewish. She was in her 60s at the time. I think she had at least four kids. She was an LCSW and she was like almost a therapist and a mother figure to me. And because she's Jewish, she knew about my culture. It was such a good fit. And like I said, she was such a good help in my life. Words cannot express. And she's also another reason why I do this work that I do. I didn't follow her exact path. I'm not an LCSW. I can't treat anxiety, but I can help moms who don't have anxiety, but who have trouble coping, you know, who have trouble figuring out how to manage this work-life thing. So that feels so aligned. And now you know more about why I do this. So if you're going through what I went through, definitely do what I did. Get a licensed therapist to help you. So incredibly important. Find somebody who's a great fit. They don't have to be exactly like you. You know, she was older than me, much older at the time. But she was such a good fit. Like, I loved her so much. And I did something else. I did something else besides getting a therapist. I also went to a support group. So there are lots of support groups out there, thankfully, for women with postpartum depression. And it was so interesting because soon after I joined the group, the women who were running it and their volunteers they told me that they actually relabeled the group. So it's no longer a group just for postpartum depression. 
It's also for anxiety and other issues. So the term they switched to was from PPD, postpartum depression, to PMAD. Have you ever heard of PMAD? I had never heard of it until the women told me about it. And PMAD stands for perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. So PMAD is any mood and anxiety symptoms that occur during pregnancy and up to one year after childbirth. And this is so much more descriptive. This helped me understand I was going through something that other women go through. This isn't just me. This is a thing. This is a thing. Because almost everybody I know has heard of postpartum depression, but fewer people have heard of postpartum anxiety. And at the time, mental health practitioners, they were trying to educate women about this. Because like I told you, I didn't even know what anxiety looked like. I didn't know to look out for this. And the term PMAD is so much more descriptive and encompassing. It actually includes a bunch of different disorders, not just depression and anxiety. So this was really helpful for me and it helped with my path to healing. It was so good. It was so good. But if I had known about PMAD, I feel like I could have gotten help before it had gotten to that point, before it had gotten so bad. So I'm glad it's out there. I'm glad I'm telling you now so you know, both for yourself and other people. So important for you to know that this even exists. So the two-prong approach was really, really good for me. I was talking to other women going through the same thing I was going through, and I was also getting the help from my counselor. So really, really helpful, really, really good. And here's what I experienced. And hopefully if you're listening, and unfortunately, if you've experienced this, I hope it's not the same for you. But for me, what happened was, is that once I opened the door for anxiety, and for me, like I said, it got really bad because I had no idea what was going on, but it's almost like it created this neuropathway in my brain. And for me, Unfortunately, it's never fully gone away. Always there. It feels like it's a piece of me. Now I can smile because it feels almost like it's an old friend who comes sometimes to visit. You know, it's so interesting. And listen to the words I use to describe it. Did you also hear the smile in my tone? This is really, really important for you to hear. And I want to let you know that I personally am not on medication for this. If you are, that's great. You do you. Everybody needs to find their own path, their own path. So important. For me, I don't take medication because I've learned how to live with it. I've learned how to manage it so it doesn't take over my life or even cause issues in my life. Like I said, it's like an old friend who comes to visit. And I'll give you an example because I told you that I'm on vacation with my parents. And I have to say that I don't love driving. It's just not my thing. My sister loves to drive. Some people really love it. 
For me, I do not love it. So I still drove three hours to get here, three hours to go to a place where I've never been before. I didn't know how to get there, you know? And during the drive, I noticed, hmm, here's anxiety coming along for the ride. And I saw it was there. I saw it was with me. And I also knew there was no problem. Nothing had gone wrong. I knew I was feeling a bit anxious just doing this drive, doing this drive that I had never done before. And thank God we got to the hotel safely. You know, I was never so anxious that I was frozen, that I couldn't actually drive. I just recognized this is here. This anxiety is here in the car with me, along with the ride, along with my mom, along with my dad. Here's anxiety sitting in the back seat, coming along with me. And I know this. I know this in advance that this is what happens when I go somewhere new, when I'm using Waze and I have no idea how to get there. And it's completely normal in this situation. So this story shows you my primary strategy of dealing with anxiety. And like I said, this is how I deal with it. This is me. Everyone is different. And that's great. That's great. But here, notice what I did. I noticed I had the anxiety, but I didn't put it in the front seat. You see what I did? I know this usually comes up in this situation. I felt it. I could feel it in my body. I could feel I was tense. I could feel it in my heart. And I just accepted it. I knew it was here for the ride. It's going to be here. And that's okay. That's okay. So that's what I personally do. When I get anxious, I recognize it for what it is. And for the most part, I stay calm. I stay calm. I know not to take it so seriously. And this is harder to do in some circumstances. You know, for example, let's say one of my kids is sick and I'm nervous. My anxiety, it may climb even into the front seat. It may take over. And what this looks like for me, depending on the situation, when my anxiety is in the front seat, maybe I can't sleep because I'm so nervous. Or maybe if somebody is being rude to me, I'll feel shaky. You know, that feeling when you're shaky and you just want to yell at them and you're just shaking. Or maybe the anxiety will look like nervous energy and I can't focus because I'm all keyed up. But you know what? Even if it gets in the front seat or even in the driver's seat, it's still okay because I recognize, I know what it looks like now. I recognize, I see what's going on. I know it's temporary and I do strategies. I have strategies that I do that help. So I'm not taking it out on my kids, my husband. I'm calm. I can function. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful once you learn to live with it. And you just see it for what it is. You just see it as a part of you. So now you know a little bit more about my story. I hope telling it helps you in some way. 
And again, if you're suffering from anxiety or another mood disorder, I urge you to find a licensed counselor that can help you. And I also want you to know that postpartum anxiety exists. If you never heard of it, that saddens me, but it shows me that awareness has not been raised yet. And that's why we're here doing this work. So now you know it exists and it can hang out in the back seat sometimes or even in the front seat. And who knows, maybe one day you'll also be telling your story and using the lessons of what you went through to help others also. Because I can honestly say that from this side of it, helping people, helping them so they don't get to that point, helping people balance, helping people navigate this work-life thing, it is so satisfying like nothing else I've done before. And I want to remind you before you sign off this episode, be sure to get my free course on how to become better balanced because it's a very short course. It's audio only, by the way. I know you don't have a lot of time, but I talk about practical things you can do so you can create more of the calmness that I mentioned in this episode. And I have a link to it in the show description. And thank you for listening to my story. It feels so incredible to be part of a community that supports each other. It's like nothing else. And I hope hearing my story helps you in some way. I want to remind you that I am not a licensed therapist. So if you need therapy, definitely get that help. So thank you for listening and I will talk to you next time.